So during this time of year, you do hear a lot of talk about vision and, and uh, you know, you hear talk about resolutions and those kinds of things. Why do we do that? What's really the purpose in that? Well, what we find in life is that when we do not have some kind of goal, what do we end up doing? We just kind of flounder. We're just kind of, we're just kind of all around and we end up going nowhere. So part of the reason that we focus and we make a goal is so that we get somewhere. But despite the fact that we do that, uh, I don't know what the statistics are exactly. We oftentimes do not make our goals. We oftentimes do not make our resolutions. Why do we not? Well, oftentimes it's because of this. Because we really don't have a God-given purpose in them. It's one thing to set a goal. It's one thing to set a resolution. But if we don't have a God-given purpose... The first time an obstacle comes, whether it's something that we've created or it's something that's just come our way, oftentimes what happens is we fold. We fold and, and we don't keep going forward. And this morning what we're going to be doing is we're going to be looking at a group of people um, who started off in failure but then ended in victory. And there was a key to them ending in victory and that key was they turned themselves over to the Lord and they looked for His purpose in their life. But prior to that, they failed. And here is why they failed. To know why they failed, you're going to have to go back 70 years to the scripture that we are going to be looking at today. And here's what you're going to find. You're going to find a people that were a lot like us. They were a people that lived in a land that was very blessed. They had everything that they could ask for. They, they had their, their own nation and so on. But here is the obstacle that got them. Here's the obstacle that kept them from pursuing the purpose that God has for their life. And here's what I want you to hear this morning. God has a purpose for your life, for each one of us. And that purpose for each one of us is also connected to a greater purpose that we all share in. But here's the thing that gets me, and here's the thing that gets you, that, that we've got to be willing to lay down. We want our freedom. We want to be able to choose what we're going to do, and we do not want to have to sacrifice. And so because of that, what we do is we do not accept God's purposes because we don't want to commit to something. We always want to have the choice. Well, I might want to go over here today, and I might want to go over to there, and I want to have the ability to do that. And you can do that. But I want you to hear this. What that means is you don't receive God's purposes for you. You don't allow God to work through you. And what happens is it ends in failure. It goes nowhere and it ends in you not living life the way that God intended you to. The people that we're going to be looking at this morning were God's people. And again, they had their own nation and all that, but they lost it. 
Here's why they lost it. Because God was asking things of them. God was asking them to sacrifice and to follow His ways and to do what He said. And they said, no, I, I want to do it a little differently. And so rather than doing what God says, I'm going to make up my own path and I'm going to go that way. And the result was they lost everything. They lost everything. But here's the beauty of it. There was restoration coming. And the weird thing was that when the restoration came, the times were actually much tougher than when the failure came. But the reason that they were able to overcome what was in front of them is because they had two key ingredients that I want to talk about this morning that each one of us needs in our life. We're going to find that in the book of Ezra chapter 3 verse 1. Ezra chapter 3 Verse 1. And again, I, I just I want to kind of set the stage for where we're at here. So here's the deal. The people of God had, had, had received their land. You know, we're reading through Deuteronomy right now, and, and Moses was preparing them for it. Well, they had received it, and they were living in this promised land, and they were living in blessing and so on. But despite the fact that they had so much blessing, so much wealth, so much comfort, so much ease, they did not want to commit to the Lord. They wanted to form their own path. And God kept warning them, you need to turn, you need to turn. But they said, nope, we're okay. Life is okay. This is how it's been for the last several hundred years. It's going to continue to go that way. Nothing's going to happen. That's the place that we are right now for those of us who live in this U.S. of A. That's the place that our culture is. It's fine. Nothing's wrong. Nothing's bad's going to happen. We're going to continue on. And that's the place that they were. And they lost everything. They lost everything because of that mindset. They didn't need the Lord. They were going to be able to provide for themselves. They lost it all. And so what happened was they were then um, exiled to a foreign nation. They were living under a for foreign power that did not honor God. But here's the thing. Even though they were living under a foreign power that did not honor God, Ezra and the people where we enter the scene now are about to accomplish things that the people could not accomplish when they were not living under the foreign power that did not honor God. It, it makes no sense, except it does when we get into the text and we find out the, the, the difference of what they had that the people that, that did not have before. So verse 1 of chapter 3 says this, in early autumn, when the Israelites had settled in their towns, all the people assembled in Jerusalem with a unified purpose. So, so they had come back from this foreign land. They're back into their land. They had just settled. They gather in Jerusalem. And then here's what I want you to hear. They gathered in Jerusalem with a unified purpose. There are two things that I want to focus on there, the unified and the purpose. The first one is purpose. Here's what purpose is going to empower them to do. They are living in their land, but again, they're still under the power of a foreign nation. 
Um, they don't have everything together. They're not organized. Their walls are torn down. They don't have an altar. The temple has been torn down. Everything is destroyed. Here's what's going to happen, though. They, w without you know, the resources that they had before, um, they're going to start building up this wall, and they're going to do it with enemies that are taunting them and threatening them the whole time. But you know what? They're going to be successful. Uh, if you read through Ezra and Nehemiah, you find they're building this wall with a, a sword in one hand and you know a pick in the other or a tool in the other building the wall because of the threats that are all around them. And they got people trying to discourage them and trying to get them to quit. But they don't. They continue on and they accomplish something that is phenomenal. Now here's what's so crazy. 70 years before, the wall was already built. The temple was already built. The altar was already built. They had all the resources and they were destroyed. Why? They lacked purpose. They wanted freedom above purpose. You can, cannot have freedom without purpose. You cannot have freedom without purpose. Freedom is so much more than you being able to choose to do what you want to do. Right now, we live among people that are enslaved. They're enslaved in their hearts and minds, but they think that they have choice. I, I mean, the, the, the insanity that we live in a time where people want to say, I get to choose my gender. I can't do that. God has done it. But, but what happens is, is because I want to be able to do that, what I do is I create a prison for myself. I create a prison for myself because I actually don't have the power to make that choice, but I'm like the toddler saying, no, me do it myself. And they can't do it themselves. But you know what? That is the battle that every one of us are in. Because we want to decide our destiny. We want to decide where we're going to go and what we're going to do. I want you to hear this. You can, you can make that decision, but you can't fulfill it. You can't fulfill it. And so your options in life are to accept the purpose of God or make your own decisions and flounder and fail. That is what is laid out before you in this life. And I want to invite you to accept God's purposes. Now, as you accept God's purposes, just like the people that Ezra is with, it's going to mean sacrifice and it's going to mean challenge, but, but it's going to bring life. You're going to feel life. God has a purpose for you. You know, I talked earlier about getting involved in, in something in the church and not just sitting back. When you do that, it's going to mean some sacrifice. It's going to mean you pushing yourself sometimes. Sometimes you're going to want to sit home and you're going to want to watch your little show and eat your little, you know, ranch flavored popcorn or whatever it is that you like. And you're going to have to push yourself to, to come and maybe you're going to be wrangling with some kids or, or, or maybe you're going to be uh, teaching people your own age or maybe you're just serving in the background. I don't know what it is. You know, we're in these cold winter months right now and to get out and serve, you got to push yourself when you'd rather just maybe make a fire and, you know, have some hot cocoa. And that's nice for a little while, but I want you to hear this. That's not life. 
That's not going to bring you life. That's not going to, to fill your heart and fill your soul. What's going to fill your heart and to fill your soul, and it's not you just getting out and doing something, but it's rather you fulfilling God's purpose. When you have a purpose, sacrifices, um, you're able to overcome, and you're able to make sacrifices, you're able to overcome obstacles when you have a purpose. When you don't have a purpose, we flounder. You know, maybe you're wanting to, I mean, of course, the, the big one every year is, you know, I, oh, I'm going to get healthier, you know. Uh, um, great goal. Why are you doing it, though? Is it because you want to impress people? You know, that, 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 when things get hard and you're just wanting to impress people, that's not really going to drive you forward. But when you have a greater purpose, when you're like, you know what, I, I want to be healthy because I want to fulfill God's purpose in my life, and I know that there are other people depending on me, and, and me going forward here is going to impact their life. That's what drives me forward. I mean, first and foremost, it's doing, doing what God has asked of me, but then seeing that what God is doing through me impacts other people. That keeps me driving forward on the days when I just want to lay down and I don't want to do it anymore, God. I, 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 just, want to, I, just, want to, I just want to forget it about it all. But it's when we have that purpose that we're able to drive forward. Now, here's the thing. You don't decide your purpose. God's the one who's created you. God is the one who has put you here today. You are here today because God has put you here. Uh, you, you don't get to choose all of those things. And so uh, it, it's not a matter of you deciding what you want to do. It's a matter of you saying, God, what's my purpose? And that's what they were doing. I, I mean, God had to work out so much for them to be able to come back to their land. Again, they're living under the power of a foreign nation that does not recognize God. But here's the crazy thing. God worked through the leaders so that the leaders said, you know what? I want you people to go back to your own land and I want you to build up your walls and build up your temple, even though it's a God that I don't personally worship. That's crazy. But that's what God is able to do. And see, sometimes when we look at God's purposes, we look at the obstacles and we say, well, I don't have the giftings for that. I mean, do you remember what Daniel said earlier about how God calls us into things that we don't feel qualified for? I want to tell you that's real. And I want to tell you this. It's really hard. It's really hard. And that's what we saw this morning. It's, it's really hard, and sometimes, you know what we need? We need other people. Because did you catch in there, it doesn't just say purpose. It says unified purpose. You know what unified means? It means that you need other people in your life. But you know what? I don't like other people in my life. You know why? Because they have different ideas than I do. And I want everything Kirk's way. Well, guess what? That's not the way that the Lord has created my purpose. I cannot fulfill my purpose in and of myself. I need other people. But you know what the problem with you is? You have quirks. I have quirks. You know that? Everyone around you knows it. There are things inside of you. There are things inside of me that frustrate the people around you. And there is no, yeah, it's for real. And there is nowhere that you can go that you are not going to encounter that. 
I mean, I have very different ideas than my wife. And when I am uh, humble and when I sacrifice, those things are a blessing to me. When I start to get selfish and I'm like, I want it my way, it gets really frustrating. But what God was calling these people to was Again, to build up the wall, to build up the altar, to build up the temple, to build up a nation that would honor God. There is not a one of them that could do that in and of themselves. What God has called you to uh, is a purpose for you. you. You have something that's unique, but that purpose is a part of something bigger. I have a purpose here in this church, but you know what? I am just one part of this. In actuality, even though I'm standing up here right now, my part is a small part in this. Without you playing your part, my part does no good. For real, it doesn't. And I want you to also know this, I can't sustain it. I'm not strong enough to sustain it. I want to lay down too. Part of what keeps me going on is when other people stand up and say, I'm going to fulfill my purpose with you. Even though you frustrate me, <laughs> I'm going to walk with you. I need that. Okay? I need that. And you know what? Everyone around you needs that. Because sometimes, sometimes you know what? I am going to lay down. I've been here 20 years, and I go through seasons, and sometimes I'm, I'm kind of just laying down in my spirit if I'm honest with you, and sometimes I'm, I'm giving it all, and I'm, I'm ready to go, and what keeps me going is that when I'm ready to lay down, I've got other people around me saying, let's keep going. Let's keep going. No, no, no. God has got this. Remember what God did over here. God can do this. Oh, I know that this over here is frustrating and it seems like the enemy's winning over here. But look what God is doing over here. Let's focus on this. I need that. But you know what? Part of that is contingent upon you. It's contingent upon you. The purpose that God has given me is connected with the purpose of this church and the purpose that God has given you is connected with the purpose of this church. And that means you saying yes to it. But you know what that means? It's getting over that obstacle that I talked about before that, that, that caused the people to fail. They wanted their freedom. They wanted their freedom and they didn't want to commit. And we live in a world that is all about that. We live in a world that does not commit. We, we don't want to get married, okay? We just kind of want to hang out and enjoy the good parts of it, but let's not get married. You know what? You miss out on the good parts when you take that approach because it is through commitment that you really experience the good parts that God has for you. Because you are going to go through times when you're not going to be able to function, and when you got somebody else that's committed and walks with you, uh, it fills you with life. And then when you get to go through the opposite, and they're, they're not able to function, and you're the one that helps carry them, that's where you experience life. And you know what? That is where fruit comes from. I mean lasting fruit that continues on. I mean, when you talk about a family structure, the way that God has created the family structure, He created it through two people that were absolutely committed. They made a covenant. And what comes from that is offspring that continues on, and there's this tree that continues on. 
But you know what? When you look around and you look at the family tree in our nation, I mean, there's just sporadic shrubs here and there. We're not a forest. Why? Because we don't want to commit. We don't want to commit. Or, you know, we're kind of half in and half out, and when things get rough, ah, I don't think this is my path anymore. I'm going to go over here. Well, that's not how God works. And we see that with people as they're walking with God, too. We got people that want to date God. We got people that want to do a live-in kind of thing with God. But that's not where you experience life. Where you experience life is when you say, God, I'm all yours. I lay my life down. And from now on, I don't do anything that you don't direct me to. That is where you are going to experience life. Are you in control at that point? No, you're not. But you know what? I've lived both. I've lived, and I still go back and forth, where I try to take control, and it's never fulfilling. It looks good. The enemy always does a great job of painting me a little picture that says, Kirk, if you get to make choices and you go this direction, this is what life is going to look like. It never does. It's always a mirage, and it always ends badly. But when I say yes to the Lord, and I look into the future with the Lord, I got to tell you, it looks fuzzy. I can't see it. I'm like, God, well, show me what it's going to be like if I choose to, you know, give it all over to you. And he won't do it. He, he, he just like, trust me, trust me. But as I move forward, it's always more beautiful than anything that I could imagine myself. You know, when we think about heaven, it's, it's hard to imagine. We're not, we're not given enough uh, much to, to go on. But Based on what I've seen in my walk with the Lord, it's going to be far beyond anything that I could imagine. God has a purpose for you. It's probably way bigger than what you can imagine. And yes, it's going to mean you doing some things that you don't feel qualified for. And quite frankly, in and of yourself, you are not qualified for. But here's the beauty. As you step into that, here's what's going to happen. God is going to work through you. That's number one, beyond yourself. And then here's the other thing he's going to do. He's going to bring people into your life that provide the things that you lack. But you've got to be willing, as this text said, to have a unified purpose. A unified purpose. And so even though that person that brings the thing in that you don't have is also a little frustrating and a little annoying and you've got to you know, put up with it, In the end, that is what is going to fulfill the purpose that God has in your life. But here's what it means. It means you saying yes. So here's the question as we wrap up. What's the future going to look like? What's this year going to look like? Is it going to look like the the flailing where you never really accomplish and you never really feel life? Or is it going to mean that you, uh, God accomplishes things through you that, that you couldn't imagine? And God takes you places that, that you never planned before. You have the choice before you. And I don't know what the, 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 the latter looks like exactly. Because only God knows that. You know, and that's the place that we can get in trouble. You know, We talk about having a vision meeting. We can get overly specific about that. And, and it can go badly. Because oftentimes God doesn't show us exactly what he's doing. He shows us move this way. And we've got to trust. And we've got to move forward. So what's God asking of you? 
What's God asking of you? What, what, what is God asking you? Where is he asking you to commit and say, God, I'm fully in on this. When you do it, that's when you're going to experience the life that you long for in your heart. Lord, thank you um, that